Sing, your mama, your mama said. Hello, Ned. <laughs> Hello, Russell. <laughs> that kind of rhymes. Said it, Ned. Well, said it. there you go. Sing Some mama, elementary rhyming right there. <laughs> Intro me. My name is Ned. Oh, there you go. What's up, everybody? Uh, up, welcome. Guys? Welcome to the Adventure Time podcast. That is Never Ending Adventure. I am one of your co-hosts, Russell Tyndall. And I'm your other co-host, DJ Neddy P. Ned. And my dog in the background. And a dog in the background. A little corgi boy. A little corgi boy. If y'all follow us on TikTok, you have seen the corgi make some appearances. I think he made one very recently with one of those classic things that are happening right now. uh, Just just TikTok trending. One of those things. (laughs) That's not going to age well, is it? No, I don't (laughs) think so, but that's okay. Ned, you know... It's so weird. This is like our weekly catch up in a way, which I do love that we get to have. But at the same time, you know, it's like things are just like progressing, you know, like life is progressing. And I feel like not seeing you every week or being in Nashville, it's it's very different in a way. Like I'm I'm getting used to it. And I bring this up because like you're starting to remind me, you kind of remind me of the babe. What babe? Uh, The babe with the power. (laughs) What power? The power of voodoo. Who do? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. <laughs> That's right. It's a labyrinth That's, episode. <laughs> it's a nod to labyrinth because we are in episode 22 of season two, The Limit. Which the Limit. I, I loved this episode, man. I think this this is definitely top three for season two for me. You have made references to this episode in the past, for sure. We've talked about Jake's limit and his ability. We've talked about... The, uh, what is it? The ancient Sycamantanum war elephant several yeah, it's times. A, it's a lot of stuff that I feel like, well, one, we talk, we've talked about Jake a lot because we've seen him be OP and we always have Jake mistakes and we're like, how much can he do? And this is the one where you do see him like push stretchy powers to the, and it's pretty intense, man. It's, it's honestly, you can really see he stretches like miles, you know, he gets, he gets down to the size of a finger. Like he is yeah. tiny oh, like I was going to say like a there. pencil, like even pencil, like that yeah, final definitely. stretch, it was like probably pencil thin. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. And the whole time, like you see him struggling way early on and for whatever reason, he keeps pushing it. He's just, you know, a victim of influence of his friends and he just keeps going and going and going and Jake, Jake, Jake. And here we are. He's like about to die. Like he, he got stung by like scorpions, there's so many things that happen to him along the way, and yet he keeps pushing it just by peer pressure. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's peer pressure and motivation. That's that's my deeper thought. So we can we can save Same. and hold on to that because it's there was like a fine line that Jake drew. But first of all, in this episode, you know, I thought it was just great that we start off in the hot dog kingdom and we see yeah. finally what the hot dog kingdom actually is. It's like a doghouse. And a little fence around like a it. Mud that's pit. it. It's, that's it. <laughs> is that really the kingdom? That's the yeah, whole thing. That is the whole hot. Like because we've I, maybe we've seen Hot Dog Princess. I think at this point, um, we may have seen the, the kingdom if that's what it is. Because there was a moment. I think the first time we saw Hot Dog Princess in season one, we see her in her like her dog house or like right yeah. outside the dog house for a split second. Yeah. But okay. This so maybe not the first appearance, but I I definitely think it's the, the first time you, appearance. you make that connection. You're yeah. like, oh, the 
citizens of the hot dog kingdom are just like they're hot dogs, eight hot dog nights, and she's the princess, and that's it. I just can't even with that. And and I'm a guy who I want a dachshund one day because they are so dumb looking. And I mean that in the (laughs) the best way. Like I love dachshunds. Yeah, I grew up with a dachshund. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I did. And and they're the phenomenal dogs. They they yap like nobody's business, but they are very sweet. What was your dachshund's name? His name was Max from Aww. from Max from the Grinch. Max Oh, yes, Maximus. I wanted to name him Pringles because when he was a hot dog <laughs> puppy, you could you could have slid him into a can of Pringles. Wait, okay, I've never thought about what dachshund puppies look like and I it just makes me need one. I need yeah. a dachshund puppy. Oh my gosh, it was I mean, he was probably all of like four and a half pounds. Like and you That's could hilarious. have just been like whoosh, slid him right into Pringles can. My my cousins, my first cousins have always had dachshunds and I just fell in love with it because of that. And it, like I said, they just look so dumb. Their body and their legs don't make any sense with physics. Mm-hmm. And it's just the greatest thing ever. Yeah, well, I love that they kind of make hot, like they even have hot dog princess, like her knights like walk around on like legs, but she definitely is the embodiment of like the dachshund, you know, wiener dog. Yeah. Yeah, she is. The, but the knights are just dog, hot dogs and they, they tend to like kind of fish around when they're thrown off balance or they land on their side and stuff. They really weird choice for characters. And I think it, I think it pays off in this episode. I, I'm, I'll just go ahead and say the the hot dogs are my most punchable characters. Yeah, I was I, I almost thought that Aquarius. Um, or what did I actually say that? Yeah, the Aquarius. Uh, oh, Aqu- yeah, I can't get his name right. Aquandrius. Aquandrius is the uh, muddy snake's name, which okay. hmm. um, I thought was kind of funny. Aquandrius, but Andrea. he was punchable for a second there. But then I was like, actually, the hot dogs are more punchable in this episode. Yeah. And it's not even, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I think they're great characters. I just think if I had to have a most punchable character, it's got to be the hot dogs. They waste their yeah. wishes. They're kind of dumb. They kind of submit commit suicide in many ways. But at the same time, they're still fun. Like, yeah, they, they add to the episode. You see them, the first time we see them, well, outside of the mud pit, but the four that are needing to be rescued are like at the beginning of the maze. They've yeah. gone nowhere. <laughs> They've They're gone at, nowhere. Ben's making a comment where he's just like, man, I, you know, I don't know how we're going to find the hot dogs. Oh, there they are. They're like, like the first wall. They're like not the antithesis of Finn and Jake, but they are like the world's worst adventurers because they literally don't serve any purpose in this episode at all. Like, or like no purpose in terms of helping them get through the maze. First of all, like I was wondering why they were there because obviously hot dog princess... Either she didn't know that there was a, a wish at the center of the labyrinth, but she's like, I sent hot dog knights to go rescue my hot dog knights that went to the labyrinth. So maybe hot dog princess was trying to get her knights to go get her a wish. Maybe she wanted to wish she Possibly had a bigger so. kingdom. Who knows? <laughs> but I think she would have had to have been yeah. at the center of the labyrinth to even get the wish anyway. So maybe was, she had given them a, a mission little... like, hey, go wish for this thing. Yeah, it was still, I think... Jake. She's like, I'm not going to let them know what my purpose is. Yeah, the, I mean, the wish in the center of the labyrinth was very, like, I guess vague because it was like the only thing we knew about it was that it was a labyrinth. And then the hot dog knight's just like, hey, there's a wish at the center of this maze. But it's not like, is it a coin? Is it a one-time thing? Is it a genie in a bottle? Like what? Like it was very vague on what it was. So 
That's and I mean, totally maybe Hot Dog changed. Princess didn't know what it was. Possibly so. I think maybe they discovered along the way, like in the movie Labyrinth, which we'll probably reference several times in this episode, you have a character at the very beginning, the like fuzzy character who, if you haven't seen it, I mean, I guess spoilers, but he basically tells them, hey, go this way and you can get to the center of the labyrinth real easily. And of course they go, oh, well, he's trying to trick us. Let's go the other way. Uh, so maybe they, they came across a little fuzzy worm at the beginning of the labyrinth that was like, oh, there's a wish in the middle of you. Keep going. You know, and they're like, all right, yeah. well, oh, here yeah, we go to true. the center to get the wish. But it definitely changes Finn and Jake's entire purpose of being there. Yeah, they were, they were there to save the hot dogs. But... To get the hot dog guys out. And, you know, they just talked about wishing. They had, they had wished on a on a firefly. Just Finn goes down and kisses the little firefly. <laughs> and just they had yeah. just talked about ancient psychic tandem war elephant. And so they were like, this is the opportunity, you know? Yeah, something special only two bros could share. Yeah, definitely. It is so <laughs> good. Special. Yeah, it's tandem. <laughs> it's tandem, so it's meant for bros, right? Would you tandem uh, ancient second warrior <laughs> Dude, one, elephant? One hundred percent. We'd have to have we'd have <laughs> to have that mind's eye thing that we talked about. Of uh, <laughs> our brains would have to be in sync with the, oh, the, the psychic would. nature of the elephant. I think I'd have to let you go up to the war elephant and gain control of it. I think I would let you do that, and I'll just sit back and watch. <laughs> elephant, uh, hear me. See, I'm a little risk adverse, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit later on when we're talking about. Uh, influence and peer pressure, you know, I've always kind of been an instigator when it comes to my friends. And I think that's what I'm getting at is, oh, Ned, you got <laughs> this and you can totally do it. You're the bad you influence know. for me. I'm the bad influence. Oh, well, it's a good <laughs> influence. We'll get into that too. I think we're going to talk about negative and positive peer pressure later on. In yeah, that's very I think true. It, I think it's incredibly important that it's not just one-sided. But in this instance, I'm definitely going to be, Ned, you got it, dude. I believe in you. Like, take control of that that psychic elephant, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but I, I, I love ancient psychic tandem war elephant and plays a really big role when we get down the road um, with, uh, I'm trying to not spoil too much, but Darren, the ancient sleeper and uh, the sky witch and all that stuff. So I'm trying not to spoil it, but the, the cool thing I, and we'll just drop it off. Lovelies. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. That ancient psychic tandem war elephant's my lovely for sure. Is it really? Oh yeah, it's it's such an awesome character. It's it, the voice is so awesome. It's kind of like a double layered voice, which I thought was cool. And I never really thought about it too much, but down the road, you're like, is this something that Finn and Jake came up with and that they created and had like talked about? But in the episode, something big, um, it does confirm that the ancient psychic tandem war elephant was an entity that was like an ancient power because Darren, the ancient sleeper who I'm not going to spoil anything there calls him Eli. And he's like, in that episode, he's like, what's with all of this old, there's none of the old ways, Eli, like what's happened. And he's like, it's very interesting that he like was basically this ancient power alongside Darren, the ancient sleeper. Um, yeah, and that Finn and Jake probably learned about him through the Enchiridion. And okay. that's how they, they knew how to control him and how to like, and so that's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that it's not just like made up by them. I like that. We bring back the Enchiridion, something that we haven't really talked about in, gosh, 20 episodes or something. I don't, I don't even remember the last time we brought that up. Yeah, the Enchiridion gets a lot bigger when, it, when we get really into like the Lich and yeah. the, the, what's happening with the Lich coming up next, which I'm not going to spoil that at all for 
any listeners out there, but I don't think we've seen the Lich yet. I thought it was going to be death, but death is not the Lich. That's a different character entirely. Yeah. I think the Lich is coming soon. So that's good. Cool. Uh, well, and the Lich, I, I think the Lich helps us lead into season three. I got to say, man, the, uh, there's gotta be a shorter name for Eli. I guess Eli is it, but I don't, I'm never, no one's going to ever go, oh yeah, they're talking about the elephant unless you, I guess if you love the show, maybe you will, but yeah, they, they, uh, I think fans call it Aptiwi or Aptiw, Apti War Elephant or something like that. It's trying to, you know, like get a little, uh, short name there. I like Aptiwi. That sounds fun. Well, it's also my lovely. Yeah. That's, I figured it's just just so good, man. And it's got shotguns as tusks and little like step ladder up its arm so you can like climb on top of it it's got shotguns as tusks yeah you didn't see it's got like two shotgun tusks like sticking (laughs) out the side of it yes okay definitely that just backs up my opinion that is so good just old and they don't use it they they get the uh tandem war elephant and then he does show up at a later episode and he's been just like chilling out in Finn and Jake's treasure room, totally covered by treasure. And he's like, you told me to wait and I have for two years. Like, <laughs> um, I, it makes me wonder, is the war elephant just hanging out in ooh somewhere? And then they teleported. He's like, oh, you want that thing? Okay, there's one of them in the world. We'll yeah. teleport you to the center of the labyrinth. And now it's yours to potentially gain control. Or was it something that was ancient? It was no longer alive, like a, a saber-toothed tiger or something like that. And then the the mud serpent was able to go like, boom, here you go. Here's your war elephant. I, I was kind of wondering about that. I assume kind of just based on Darren, the ancient sleeper too, that he was either in some sort of dungeon or cavern or covered up by some, you know, when those ancient powers kind of went to rest, that he's he was somewhere out in the world just not being controlled. And obviously he's... He's like a yes, my master. He has to be in psychic connection with a master in order to function. So I assume that if his last master died, he went into like an ancient slumber, you know? Okay. That is that is so cool. Um, I do want to clarify real fast before we keep going too much further. If you haven't seen Labyrinth 1986, David Bowie is a goblin king. Mm-hmm. Go watch that ridiculous movie. Yeah, it's, it's all very... Done. They All people the praise is done uh, by the it, dude from the Muppets. It's yeah, it's Jim great. Hansen, uh, and he this he's it's like praised as one of Jim Hansen's best works in terms of like puppeteering, which is wild to me because it's not at all nostalgic. It's like the Goonies for me. It's like there's so many movies that people love. Princess Bride's another one that I didn't watch when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I just can't get into it. And this was another one where I'm I'm sitting here and I'm watching David Bowie like literally a couple months ago. Sing, dance, magic dance, and I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah, why is this a thing? You <laughs> How know, in the but world did they convince good. David Bowie to do that? You know, I and I love David Bowie. He's like one of my favorite artists in in a way. You know, he's like top twenty at least. You know, which is saying yeah. something for me. And it just blows my mind that he did that. But I yeah. I love it. It's good. Go check it out. Yeah. yeah, go check it out. I haven't watched it since like sixth grade, man. And it, because it, 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 oh. I think my teacher in sixth grade was like, you got to watch this movie. You guys, like, we're going to watch it in class on like an off day. And everybody in the class was like, what in the world are we watching? Like, we did not expect it to be <laughs> that weird. You know, I, I, it must have been right after uh, I was going to make a reference to another episode, the, uh, <laughs> the book fair. Like, I like this. I, th- I like to think of little Ned coming back from the, the Scholastic 
book fair <laughs> or whatever, being like, fair. time to go watch Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I guess that was an elementary school thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But still, um, it's it's a bizarre movie, but it's worth a watch just because it's such a cult classic and it's, yeah. and it's referenced. It's rep- like, this is a Labyrinth and uh, why wasn't this one called Maze, you know? Yeah. Dude, I've learned just from enough media and movies and TV shows, whatever, you see a labyrinth, don't go in it. It's not yeah. worth it. You're you're going to die. It's set up to kill you, essentially. Yeah, and, and, they, and I think was it the difference between a, probably a maze and a labyrinth is a labyrinth has like traps and booby traps and monsters and stuff in it. And I think also a labyrinth is constantly changing. I, I didn't oh, look into yeah. that. I think that's a really great distinction that uh, someone like Allison would go, Allie would go, oh yeah, this is exactly what it is because that's right up her alley of like expertise, uh, pun intended, I guess. But um, yeah, I I really don't know. But I think it's it's constantly changing. There's, I always think of like uh, a centaur or something hanging out, waiting to just be like, oh, now you're in my dungeon, you know? Yeah, well, and that, that you bring up a good point there because I was like, I think I like this episode so much because it feels like season two's version of dungeon, which was in season one, you know? Oh yeah. It kind of feels, has that same episode. vibe. They have a couple of different tasks and trials. They do a montage of them like walking through the labyrinth. And I was like, it just has that good dungeony adventure time experience with this one. And we haven't had that in a few episodes at least, you know? No, not at all. I think this is definitely going to be in my top five for the end of the season. It's oh, such sure. a good episode. You got Jake, like we said, pushing his limits on this episode. If you're going to go into a labyrinth, tie a string, but they don't have string. They got something better. They got Jake can wrap his legs around a stone at the beginning of the labyrinth and go in there and try and make his way through the entire labyrinth just by stretching. Yeah. But it does well, cause some problems. It causes problems. Well, I had a couple of Jake mistakes here. Because I did too. we have to talk about a couple of the moments in the... I think it was a really great beginning strategy of Jake Stretchy to get the hot dog eyes. I think when they realized that they were going to find the center of the labyrinth, why would they need to get back, essentially? So, because they were going to get the hot dog eyes and just get them out, you know? And that's why they were Mm going to backtrack. And now if they're trying to solve the maze, it helps because it helps you know where you've been. But only once in the whole labyrinth do they ever see Jake's, you know, his nerp, you know? And he's like, that's don't touch my nerp. See, that's where they should have bat trapped too. They exactly. Have they should have there unstretched let... Jake at that point. Yeah. I thought I yeah. said the same thing. I was like, dude, you should have just unstretched. And then they go in the holes and out of the holes. And he's just like, why would you, why would you do that? Like, why wouldn't you just unstretch? <laughs> and even at that yeah. point, if they realized that they were going to try to like backtrack the maze, like why don't not just like get a stick or get your sword and like drag a line on the ground? You know, but if you watch Labyrinth, you see they try and mark, I believe they're like marking the ground or there are stones pointing certain ways mm-hmm. and the creatures of the Labyrinth flip the stones over and trying to erase your bat tracking. So yeah, maybe that wouldn't have worked, but I definitely agree. There's a lot of micro uh, changes they could have made throughout this episode that would have allowed more efficient travel and allowed Jake to have more strength toward the end there. Yeah, he almost well, dies. He, that was like, my that was my last died. Jake mistake. Was when when they get to the center of the labyrinth, why wouldn't you have? Unless you thought you had to make the wish and then find your way out. But if they also knew that they were going to wish for ancient psychic tandem war elephant, they knew that they were going to fly away. So if when they found the entrance to the center of the maze with the kitty cat puzzle, 
I was like, dude, at that point, he should have been like, great, we made it. I'm going to unstretch, you know? Well, the rule is no cheating. I'm guessing if you're bailing and you're like, we can't do this, let's get out of here, it wouldn't be you would die because you would just be leaving, you know? So maybe they could have stretched out over, like, to your point, they could have stretched out over the labyrinth to leave as long as they're not going toward the center because they're not exactly. cheating. They're just trying to get out of there. That. Yeah. Unless the rules of the labyrinth are loose and they're like, well, you're cheating to stay alive. So, you yeah, know. that's yeah. Yeah. death immediately. Well, and the, the, you know, Aquandrius, Aquandrius, his goal was to basically somehow kill all of them or trap them or, you know, have that. And we'll talk in, I think in a, in a second about uh, wish strategies and, ironic wishing and stuff like that. But I did want to ask you to like, what's your maze strategy? Like what would be your labyrinth strategy? There, there is no great answer to that. I think you just got to think opposite. It's almost like think the opposite way that you normally would, because the labyrinth is set up or it seems to be set up in a way to, if you're logically thinking how you normally would, you're just going to end up going in circles. So you got to go, Oh, we should go right here because we went left last time. No, just do the opposite. I, I don't really know. I'm, huh. I would be terrible. I would never go in a labyrinth. This is yeah. not an adventure <laughs> I, just, I would take. It's not your, your, uh, your best adventuring. Dungeons are Russell's specialty, not labyrinths. Yes, exactly. I mean, you have that, the classic riddle too. A lot of times in labyrinths, you have these, these uh, riddle guards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the movie labyrinth, they come across it. And it's that classic riddle where it goes... I tell the truth always. I tell a lie always. You know, you have one great or behind us, there's one pathway that leads to the center and the other one will kill you. Make a choice. You can ask us one question that will allow you to decipher between which door they go down. And every time I come across that riddle, I forget how to answer it. And I, I would lose. I would die every single time. Yeah. I, I, well, I think we even have talked about in the past how we're both pretty terrible at riddles. Yeah, I think that that riddle actually comes up in Adventure Time in the past. I think we've already come across it one time where they did that. One of us tells the truth and one of us lies. I can't do that riddle. I don't know why. I can yeah. never remember. It's, 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 it probably just goes along with like it's it's so illogical that if you're trying to make it logical, you just always like hit a roadblock, you know? Yeah, it's something along the lines of like, if I were to ask you, just say the one of them. If I were to ask you, would the other one lie to me? If I asked them the right question, what would they say? It's yeah. something like that. But anyways, I don't know. I have um, so I have a maze strategy, yeah. and again, I don't know if it would meet, meet a labyrinth. If the definition of a labyrinth is that it's always changing, but there is a almost a scientific way to do any maze. If you put your right hand on the wall. And literally never take your hand off the wall. It'll take longer, but you will always get to the end of the maze. So, so there's a guy in Survivor who did that. One of the contestants in the show Survivor, which I've actually never seen. I just fell down a rabbit hole on YouTube one time. He did that and everybody was blindfolded and he made it through the maze before everybody. I, that's so smart. Yeah. I mean, Labyrinth, I don't know if it would work, but a maze. Yeah, that's... Well, I know with with the labyrinth, you'd have to stop and fight whatever enemy or riddle or whatever that you came across. But if this, if we can assume that this isn't a changing maze and the labyrinth aspect is just the trials and the the golems and the scorpions, then that should have been the strategy would just be to put the right hand on the wall and just just walk through it, you know? Yeah. Man, I started... That's my strategy. I think that's great. 
but I, I started feeling real bad for Jake in this episode, man. At the end, he can't even close his eyelids. Like, he is suffering. He's gotten stung by scorpions. Like, dude, poor Jake, man. Yeah, especially when he gets his guts, guts like, smashed by the door that shuts. I was like, that, yeah, done. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the freaking hot dog jumping on the cat, you know, <laughs> I love puzzle. Kittens. I the hot dogs there there are hot dog deaths that occur in this episode three of them, um, and they just all bother me so much. The fact that they ended up saving them at the end with the final wish, you know, just goes to show what great people Finn and Jake are. Yeah, I well, mean, they wouldn't honestly, have, they wouldn't they have completed just, their adventures if they hadn't have gotten the hot dogs out either. Well, they should have gone and got the hot dogs and then like thrown them out, you know, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the hot dogs are the reason they made it to the the center anyways, because Jake and Finn, Finn was constantly struggling with, he's struggling with whether we should keep going or we should stop or whatever. He's like, Jake, are you okay? Like, you don't look good. You're looking skinny, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I love it. Jake's like, don't come at me with your body don't, dysmorphia don't hating, issues. Don't be hitting on my bod. Yeah. He's like, that's a good segue into t- taking a quick break. And before yeah, we talk about, uh, I think really in the same, we probably both have very similar trains of thoughts with like motivation versus peer yeah. pressure. And I have a lot of, you know, I, I want to talk about wishing too. Cause I feel like that whole end scene is like one of the most like, like TikTokable. Like I, every time I get on Instagram for, Adventure Time content. It's always like, I wish for a box. You know, it's always <laughs> got, one of the most like quotable ones. I've got everybody's favorite segment: three wasted wishes oh. that we'll get to at the end of this episode as well. Yeah, let's take a break and then we'll get right to it. Hey, all you adventurers and new, this is Stachy over here. Come on down to the Candy Kingdom this week and come to Stachy's new ancient Sakatana more elephant. Gift Shop and Emporium. We've got all the new accessories for your ancient Psychic Tandemore elephant. We've got little booties for them to help with the, uh, the with the rocket blasting booties. We also have different types of capes and saddles for your ancient Psychic Tandemore elephant. So come on down. You got you to gotta get all these accessories. You can actually swap out the shotgun tusks for AK-47 tusks and and, and even put little stickers on them. We got little, little stickers, little bumper stickers for for your ancient psychic tandem war elephant. So come on down to Stachy's ancient psychic tandem war elephant gift shop and emporium today, located on the corner of Gumdrop and Licorice Lane in the Candy Kingdom. Dance, magic dance. What's up? Oh, God. Ned, are you recording? Yeah, I record while you were singing, okay. singing well, the, the Labyrinth songs. Yeah, I saw the little red button come up and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> All right, get back to the microphone. Got him. Got it. Hey, speaking, speaking of funny, or not funny, but musical acts, because that's, you know, that's good day. I saw in concert on Thursday night, Jeremy Shada, the lead voice of Finn in Adventure Time through all of the years. I, he's doing a whole music career right now. Um, he's got some really great stuff. It's kind of, uh, I'd say it's somewhere crossed between like a classic uh Poppy Michael Bublé meets Justin Timberlake meets um, Sean Mendez, kind of somewhere in between all of that. What? I, yeah. You told me about this concert, and that was not at all what I imagined the references yeah. to be. It's That's very, it's very wild. poppy, but it's it's very much driven by I feel like his lead vocals and stuff like that. So I well, was like, dude, not this a is, sponsor. He's, he's a talented guy, man. Yeah, not a sponsor, but I'm about that. Yeah, it's incredibly cool to me that they took a kid 
you know, what, I don't know what the process was for trying to find someone to voice Finn, but the fact that they actually had a kid that was like kind of going through pu- puberty and all that to voice Finn is awesome. They did that with, um, the avatar as well. Yeah. You know, they I've, had I've heard uh, both. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have like they a had kid a, that a grew little up kid doing Aang. It's that's yeah. so cool. I mean, yeah. it's so authentic and it, it almost feels more real because you get to hear. And in both of these shows, I think the way you can pull this off is that the characters grow. If it was yeah. a show like Rugrats or whatever, which is actually, what are you going to do? Get a bunch of babies? You know, that would never work out. But <laughs> Voiced you know, by real babies. <laughs> but even in like South Park, they that's a tricky one because, um, what is it? Kyle's brother is voiced by the daughter of one of the the two guys who created South Park. And that character never grows up. So at some point, that child can no longer voice yeah. uh, Kyle's brother. But in this, those characters grow. And so you can constantly have them getting older. And the voice actors get older. That is so special. And I, I love, that was such a cool fact when I discovered that or came across that. Um, yeah. And it's just yeah. so cool that you went and saw him play a show. Yeah, yeah, it was it was so funny. He's he's got such a unique Finn voice. I think he does turn on a Finn voice in Adventure Time. Like it's a little bit different than his normal voice. Really? Okay. Uh, but there was a couple of songs, especially when he sang kind of deeper, like Finn sings in the show. You kind of, I would look at the Jackie was like, "Look at the floor. It just sounds just like this little segment sounds just like Finn." But then when he like wow. goes up and hits the high notes, it's it's his totally like own unique voice. Which I was like, "Good for you, man. Good for you for not making it sound too Adventure Timey and and." You know, he wasn't, he was, he's not being a cheeser with it either. He's actually like making good music out there, which is, which is awesome. You know? Well, man, if we could have him on the podcast one day, that would just be too freaking cool. Yeah, I would. I'm not foreshadowing saying we were going (laughs) to do that. I'm just saying I want to do that so bad. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, hopefully he just catches wind of, uh, of the podcast itself. I got to talk to his drummer after the show and, uh, talked with the drummer a little bit about our podcast and he was like oh that's awesome i've i've never watched adventure time and i was like dude you ought to because like the guy you're touring with it's like that's been his whole career up until this point you know wow yeah i i wonder if and we kind of mentioned this too like in our conversation beforehand i wonder if he doesn't like that he's associated with finn so much or if it's something that he's trying to like grow past or whatever in his career or if he maybe he loves it i I'm I'm curious. That's another thing. I just would love to pick his brain. Yeah, so yeah. Well, we definitely would want to have him on the show to talk about Adventure Time. Obviously, maybe an episode yeah. that's his favorite or something like that. But also, in order to make sure that we are continuing to promote his like growing career, not like make him, you know, very sure. much. I feel like how Mark Hamill was before he started voice acting. He felt he was always kind of stuck in that Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. world, and it was hard for him to be in other like movies as as a live actor <laughs> because they're like, oh, no it's doubt. Luke from Star Wars. Yeah, and I think, I, I wonder too with Mark Hamill, this is such a aside, but if the car crash that he had in between the first two movies, if that played a big part in him going, maybe I'm not going to be, you know, the main role of movies yeah. from here on out and I need to, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, yeah. like I still think he was a great looking dude in Emperor, uh, Empire Strikes Back, but, who knows? I, yeah. Maybe he was just like, maybe it's not for me. And he's so talented. Mark Hamill yeah. is that's like when he amazingly does, um, talented. What what does he do in the one of the, I think it's the Enchiridion episode of Adventure Time when he voices the uh final like 
evil lair demon whatever it was at the uh at the end of Enchiridion and that you were like that's Mark Hamill and I was like dude you I would have never known you know and I was like that's super talented voice acting yeah he did he was the uh, fear feaster as well like yeah dude Mark Hamill is amazing well now we're yeah we, we don't we definitely uh don't go on tangents in this nope. show do we not not at once not at once uh, but let's let's get back into this episode and and yeah first of all i feel like there's there's two deep deeper areas that we always like you know we like to go deep in this show but one was the motivational and peer pressure aspect so i kind of wanted to just get pick your brain on how you felt about this peer pressure situation that jake's put in this is not a positive peer pressure situation. I think most of the time when you think of peer pressure, you're constantly going back to negative peer pressure. It feels like it's usually something that's used by other people to get you to do, you know, like the class. When we were growing up, everywhere in elementary school, like every mat coming in from outside all said, like, don't do drugs, you know, like it was big, do drugs. the war on drugs thing or whatever in like the late 90s or I don't even know when that was, but it definitely had a like, don't smoke cigarettes, don't do drugs was like the mm-hmm. thing that was preached to us so much when we were kids, which, you know, don't, but like, also, if, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what our stats are. I'm yawning. I have had coffee. <laughs> we're, we're recorded early Sunday. Um, I don't know. That's a weird, tricky thing that we're getting into, but don't do cigarettes. How about that? I'm not don't a fan of cigarettes. <laughs> I, can, I can vouch for that one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing is like, caffeine's a drug alcohol is a drug you know like marijuana is a drug like there's a lot of <laughs> i'm gonna you know, peer pressure you into drinking this cup of coffee yeah <laughs> well dude i'm telling you what man i have like bad acid reflux and uh coffee i shouldn't be drinking coffee i'm drinking coffee all the time because it's just a social norm it's something that we do but in this episode you have the hot dogs that are just like Come on, Jake, Jake, Jake. And Jake even says, like, I'll do anything after you say my <laughs> name say three my times. Name three times. <laughs> yeah, I you thought know, it was so yeah. I thought it was just funny because, you know, we typically think of like a peer pressure situation as somebody going, like, ah, oh, just do it. Just do it, man. Like it's it's something that you know is gonna get you in trouble or that you're not supposed to be doing. But in this situation, it's a very interesting type of peer pressure. because uh, I feel like it's it's essentially it's not what they're doing is bad. Like going further into the maze is bad. It's like a personal context. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's knowing your limits and kind of being have to having to be self aware of one, your limits. And Jake seems to be maybe never have tested his limits at this point. So he is very easily persuaded to just go the extra mile and never, never call it quits. But um, even when he, he says like, I'm going to die. And what really blew my mind was when Finn the the switch flipped with Finn and he goes, I'm going to also add into the hot dogs, negative peer pressure. In my opinion, I think this is negative because yeah, push yourself, push your limits and all that stuff, but know your limits and, and know how far you can go before it's dangerous. And Jake, like you're saying, doesn't really know that yet, but he clearly was like, Hey, my organs, my internal organs are so paper thin that I'm about to die. And yeah. I, I wonder, and you're, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Does Finn say, like, Jake, 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 let's go. Let's get to the center. Let's get the, the war elephant, or let's get the wish, I think is what his motivation yeah. is for. Is he trying to do that in order to get the, the war elephant, or is he doing that in order to get a wish to save Jake? Because at the end, he still wishes for the war elephant, and he gets lucky 
that the elephant has a wish itself because it's at the center of the labyrinth. Yeah, I, I do think that Finn, you see it click in his mind that if he wishes for the war elephant, that the war elephant will also get a wish. And that's how he probably thought too that what a if risk. actually what a risk. even even if him and Jake, Jake accidentally wishes for a sandwich and that kind of ruins Finn's first plan, maybe that Jake could wish to be, or he, Finn could wish for Jake to be saved and then Jake could wish for the sake, like the war elephant. So then when Jake accidentally wishes for a sandwich, Finn spins that and goes, I will wish for the war elephant because he'll have a wish as well, you know? Yeah. Well, I do want to mention though, that I, I don't know, it's just such a risk, but I do want to mention that there is a such thing as positive, like peer pressure and pushing you and having friends yeah. and people around you that will push you out of your comfort zone. Uh, I think peer pressure in a sense is used to push you and used to get you out of your comfort zone, but knowing that sometimes it's for the sake of, a, it can be for the sake of a memory. It can be for the sake of, hey, we know you can do this and get get up there and do that bench press or do, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, and, I think positive... I, I literally use that, that uh, you know, working out mentality. Like Definitely. what gets you motivated and being, and I guess spinning that, this deep thought into my lesson is kind of like one, yeah. knowing, being self-aware of the, I guess, extrinsic values, like what other people do, like what gets you motivated and in Jake's case, yeah, it is like when people hype you up and when you are kind of the star of the show, um, you're motivated. So like, yeah, in the gym, it's the same thing. If somebody was like, I, I don't do my best lifting unless I've got a spotter and he's just like, push it, let's go, you got this. And <laughs> yeah. like that, you know, has that motivating. Now that doesn't motivate me really too much. Well, and also do that at your home gym. Please don't do that at the YMCA. <laughs> don't do that I'm... at the Crunch Fitness, you know. <laughs> <sighs> you know, I don't want to hear that, you know. But <laughs> uh, but no, I agree. And I, like I was saying, like it can be for accomplishments. But a lot of times I think positive peer pressure can be for Hey, you're funny, and I know you've always wanted to do stand up. We believe in you. Like, go do it. Like, let's encourage you to get in front of people and go outside of your comfort zone. Hey, we know that we're all here to go out and like we're drinking or whatever, we're having a good time, but you're about to make a decision to go dance or not to dance. And I promise you, if you go dance on that dance floor, even though you hate dancing, like you're going to make a memory and it's going to be such a fun time. Like, things like that. That's positive yeah. peer pressure, in my opinion. You know, opportunities to create a memory or to uh, potentially accomplish something that you've always wanted to. If you have friends or people around you that are influencing you in that way, like you're in a good spot. You know, yeah. I think that's, well, that's like my my lesson is essentially like surround yourself with people that use positive peer pressure. Try and stay away from the negative peer pressure people if you can. Yeah, but that that goes into my theory or not theory, but thought, you know, yeah, the positive peer pressure is a good thing there. But the limitation in this, what the episode's named after, the limit, is that this was all positive peer pressure. And, you know, it worked. They they, they even, the hot dog scan, like, you can do it, Jake, that he was able to defeat the golem after he had that extra, you know, positive reinforcement motivation. But it's knowing, knowing where you draw the line. And I think that has to go with how we understand our limitation and what motivates us at the same time. So being like, I'm a very extroverted person. And if I have the opportunity to like hang out somewhere longer or go out to another person's house or, you know, overbook my week with activities, 
I'm like, yeah, yeah. And people are like, dude, but we want you there. We want you there so bad. I'm like, yeah. And I don't ever, I'm, I'm terrible. That's my limitation that I get like overly motivated by like positive peer pressure to do fun things. But I have to have that limitation of going, dude, I need to, I need to rest today. You know, I need to take, I need to just totally uh, bail on this event early. It's, it's too I'm late. I'm kind of cracking know? up, bro. Cause I, I know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to you. And like, also you have a partner in Jackie who is very supportive and someone who pushes positive peer pressure in a lot of cool ways with you and with other people. But I feel like y'all balance each other out in that where it's like, you have that mentality of like, man, I'm, I'm go, I'm like, let's do this sort of a thing. And then sometimes Jackie would be like, well, here's the thing. We've already done all this other things. You need, yeah. you need a break. Like I can tell whether it's you or her or something like that. Like she can tell y'all's limits sometimes. Yeah. And Jackie's I like the fin. She's like the fin to my Jake when she's like, Hey, wait a minute. Like maybe <laughs> you shouldn't stretch anymore. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't. Did you, know? you ever succumb to the negative peer pressure? Like, do you have a, an instance or it could be positive peer pressure? Like, do you have a moment a memory where that really played out in, in a way for you? I know in college, my friends used to have this thing where they would go do it in your cool whenever you were, they would rant. <laughs> that's, that. uh, like, that's do awful. it in your cool, do it in your cool. But it would usually be for yeah, like, something eating funny. this gross thing at the dining hall or something stupid like that. It was never for like, hey, get wasted on Broadway, do it in your cool sort of a thing. You know, it was always just fun, stupid dares. Oh, for me, it's just kind of anytime anybody brings over a tray of shots and I'm like, Dude, this is the last thing I want to do right now. <laughs> but then, you know, it's, it's yeah. like, I already, I already bought it, man. I already, come on. Like, it should cost like 10 whole dollars. I'm like, okay, fine. Like, whatever, you know? Yeah, the, the us instigators, man. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I for my friends when I was a little kid, when we would do stupid stunts or it'd be like, let's set up a ramp and we'll get a bike and we'll go jump and see how far we can do the gap. I would not be the person doing the gap. I would You'd be, be the instigator. Yeah. Come on, dude, you got this. Like, you know, <laughs> until until he almost there was one time where my buddy ran into a swing set after the ramp, like, you know, hurt himself pretty bad. And it was because I was like, Come on, man, easily. Like, you know, you could do it. I'm not gonna yes. do it, but you could do it. So I'm the Jake, Jackie's the Finn, and Russell's the hot dog knights. I'm ah, damn it, dude. I'm the hot <laughs> dog knights. I'm I'm the most punchable character. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Oh no. Yeah, that used to be a sound bite. Oh no. <laughs> oh like no. whenever Russell we come has to a moment of self-realization. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, no. on that note, <laughs> let's get to my, my segment, my hit segment, three wasted wishes, three um, wasted wishes. Everybody's been waiting for this one. We've got some honorable wishes. I just want to say the wishing for a box was almost, in, it's just top three, uh, <laughs> top three, but wishing for a box was almost in it. I got to say the SpongeBob episode where they use their imagination and show us the true power of boxes takes that wish away. That's a great wish. Yeah, wish the hot dog guy did look wish. like he was very happy inside of his box too after yeah. he got it. He's like, doesn't Finn say something like, oh, you hot dogs are stupid? And he goes, what do you mean by that? What do you mean? <laughs> You're dumb, yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe in his mind, that was like the best wish ever. I think it's a great wish, man. Imagination. You can, imagination. Um, number three, wasted wishes. Hot dog wishing to blow up. Yeah. Gotta be number three. I did a little bit of research into my favorite wishes from TV shows, from books, all that stuff. Didn't spend a ton of time on it. I wanted to do top 10, realized very quickly that that was 
an irrational idea and needed to cut it down to three. So wishing to blow up, essentially committing suicide, pretty bad wish. Um, yeah, but it seems like the hot dogs, some, they still leave the labyrinth with four hot dogs. So somehow I feel like they have some sort of regenerative ability because you see one hot dog get rich. Oh, you think it like at that moment, everybody like comes back together. That makes sense. Yeah. Because you had the one hot dog run across the traps and get nailed by the uh, uh, cannonball. Yeah. And then you had another one that potentially got crushed by the door, but I think really just got trapped in the labyrinth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then of course the one that blew itself up. So at the very end, I thought, I was like, man, they died and Finn and Jake failed their mission, but you see them on the backseat of the psychic tandem war elephant yeah. uh, at the end of the episode. So yeah, I think you're right. I think the wish did bring them back. So, so you're right, definitely. Yeah. It healed, because it also healed Jake entirely. Yeah. So, so what, what you said, that was number three. Three. So, uh, yeah. Number two is Patrick Starr from SpongeBob when they are on the Flying Dutchman ship and the Flying Dutchman wants his magic sock back and they give him the sock. And so they get to have three wishes. Uh, and Patrick says that he wishes that they knew that they had three wishes sooner. And that is how he wastes <laughs> like, his wish. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a great one. That's a good one. It's a really good one. And a lot of times it's funny because wishes usually when it comes to a genie or anything like this, like your wish will have negative consequences. Yeah, um, that's, that's what typically in those wish situations in a show movie or whatever it's always about like the catch is that it's something ironic and it's going to either spin off of your wordplay or spin off of hey you like if you like if you're like i wish i had a million dollars and then it's like oh great you have a million dollars but then the irs is like where did you get a million dollars like you're screwed you know (laughs) that you don't you had to almost and i was like i was gonna ask you actually get to your last one i've got a question for you in that Number one, the waste, number one wasted wish in, in media, according to Russell in this episode of the podcast, uh, Umong's Shuron, or Shenron wish in Dragon Ball, the original Dragon Ball series. You have uh, Palat, and I'm sorry, I'm totally botching all these names. I haven't seen this series, or not Pinlot, uh, Piloff. I haven't seen this series since I was a little kid. Um, he goes up, they summon, they collect all the dragon balls and they summon the giant, uh, eternal dragon to make one wish. And you have Pilaf, who's about to wish to rule the world. And Oolong, who's like this pig character runs up and distracts the dragon and wishes for the world's most comfortable underwear. And that is the wish. And then all the dragon balls scatter throughout the world again. And he has the world's most comfortable underwear. It is I say it's a wasted wish because, you know, the potential there, but truly an amazing wish. And yeah, an amazing waste of a wish. It it is. I would love. Could you imagine how comfortable that underwear must have been? Yeah. I probably probably enough to just make a, a man go mad. But that's that's another thing, like oh, <laughs> yeah. Boss in Rick Lusso. and Morty, when you when you, whenever you get what you want, you know, whenever Rick achieves perfect level. And Morty can't handle it. It's like, like that. It's like that thing. Maybe it's the underwear is so comfortable it makes you go go mad. Oh man, great episode of Rick and Morty too. Yeah. yeah, you just can never take it off, or you know, it's like this total bliss thing that distracts you from your ability to do anything else in the real world. Yeah, I don't know. That, I don't that think you like you can't ever wear pants again because they're too uncomfortable because you have only perfect underwear, but you want perfect pants. I don't think it plays out that way in Dragon Ball, but I think it's just kind of like a running joke at that point yeah. that like the pig has perfect underwear. But I, 
I thought that was such a great wasted wish. Um, yeah. Well, if you had, that's this leads to my question for you. I was afraid of this. Yeah, like because now thinking about like it's like what well, not what would your three wishes be, but like how would you go about the strategy of you see some some deceiving wish meister? How would you would you just sit there for half an hour and almost like write a two paragraph long script about all of the like loopholes that could happen, or do you just go for it? I hate to say this. This sounds super lame. I think I might be one of those guys that don't do it. R- I think really? I might. I think there's just no great way to go about the wishes thing. I think especially if you accomplish, say you wish to be a rock star or whatever, and you didn't earn it, you got it through a wish. It's it's that whole thing with people who win the lottery and a mm-hmm. lot of times they blow the money. They don't know how to do it. They don't, they're not financially stable after that point. A lot of times you know, all that money. I don't know. I just, I think if you didn't earn whatever it is that you're wishing for, you're going to mess it up or it's going to be messed up or there's going to be negative consequences from it. And you're not going to really appreciate it. You're not going to be fulfilled by that thing. And, and even if you did earn it, you may not be completely fulfilled by it because as humans, we're never like truly fulfilled by, you know, whatever we think is going to fulfill us, you know, but see that, well, then I would take, I would spin that back around on you and say, okay, instead of going so big with it, if you were just to, it was like, obviously this is going to get messed up. I don't earn it. I'm going to, I'm going to blow it. Just, yeah. Just simplify it down. Be like, I wish I had an, uh, an original shadowless, uh, holographic shiny Charizard or something like uh, that. Just like one, one thing, you know, where that's yeah. like, what would be the catch, you know, or like, and you have to get really detailed PSA 10 in the thing true grade, whatever, like authentic, blah, blah, blah. And it's almost so simple that somebody I feel like who was handing out ironic wishes would be like, oh, um, okay, just have it. Like, you know. Man, my mind is stuck on apple pie. I don't know why. And the issue would be I'd never have as good of an apple pie ever again. And it would ruin apple pies for me, which is like my favorite dessert. But I was like, what if I had the perfect apple pie? A never ending, no, because then I'd just be stuck. I could only eat apple pie and then I would get like out, over, out of shape or something. I don't know. Yeah. That, Gosh, I, 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 have, I can't do it. What about, what about you? I have a, a theory, just not a theory. I've always thought about because you can't be like, I just wish I had unlimited money or I wish I had a bajillion dollars because um, yeah. there's the catch. There's the lottery wishes. aspect to that and the, and the IRS aspect to that. And mine, mine would be like, I would always wish that Inflation. I had like one pair of pants that in no matter what I was purchasing, if I was and I got to the checkout, when I, whenever I was purchasing an item, I always had the exact right amount of money in my pocket to purchase it. That's pretty good. Um, because like that. at that point, you couldn't like go buy a house and be like, "I've got as much cash Tax in my fraud. pocket." Yeah, you could, and, but you could <laughs> at least do everything else in life. Like, go yeah. you buy your TV. Like, IRS is not like calculating your assets or anything like that per se, but. You still well, have to unless be authentic. You, you know, you couldn't go buy stock. They'd be like, where is that? Where You didn't make that much money that last year. You probably you know? couldn't be buying mansions and stuff like that. Eventually, someone would go, hey, what's up with this this celebrity guy who everybody yeah. loves and throws these massive parties? Like, there would definitely be limitations to that that you could actually get away with. But that's that's really fascinating. I, I kind of yeah. like that. It, 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 re- it almost helps you fly under the radar. And I don't think there... I think the only thing... way ironic wish giver could screw that over is like they'd give it you the exact right if you didn't say it right but the exact right amount of money in pennies or something like that you know the where there there would be a catch to it so you'd have to be really specific like exact right amount of money 
to purchase the item in a hundred dollar bills. Only I can use the pants, <laughs> blah, 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 you know, whatever uh, it would be. And the this, pants this could, could never catch of, on fire. Like it reminds me of like my favorite thing is like discussing favorite mundane superpowers, you know, like trying to figure out like what the like lamest best superpower would be like always have mayonnaise, like the ability to like have mayonnaise come out of your finger. Like we see Jake do in the wizards episode or something like that. Like, like superpowers that don't really matter. This is like wishes that like don't really affect you in any major way, but are just like, would be fun to have for some reason. You know, I wish I could grow a beard on command. Boom. Like, yeah, a a great beard on command. I don't know. Or wish I was incredibly charismatic and everybody loved me. That would be, no, that would be bad. Yeah. That's a catch one for sure. That for sure is. I think we even see Morty do that in one of, anyways, we're, you know, we're tangent, but no more, more tangible. (laughs) Send us home here. Send send us home in terms of like, what'd you learn? What's what's your lessons to grab out of the show? We kind of mentioned it already, you know, surround yourself with positive peer pressure people, you know, and, and know your limits, like, like, know, know your limits in the sense that like you've like push yourself, you know, push yourself, find your limits in positive ways and, and know when you got to bat down from things sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was my exact one was don't do what people say just because they say your name three times and then find that balance between being overly persuaded or peer pressured by people but also find what motivates you to go the extra mile and then be self-aware. Make sure that you never get used and abused because of that. Um, so it's always good for us to like know exactly what pushes us over the edge and where is that edge. Do you, you have know? an application for this week? Are you going to do that in some way this week? That could be oh, a fun yeah, thing probably. That we do sometimes. Well, I've lessons. already said yes to a lot of things this week. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm pretty much already busy almost every night of the I week. I know. You're so. like, yeah, I could record Sunday morning or maybe Monday at 5. <laughs> yeah, that was like, it, it's it's a slammed week for sure. But I, yeah. maybe, I think my application for that is next week. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm doing one thing. Nobody, I'm not going to do any more than that. I'm going to have to say no. Yeah. And that one thing is recording the podcast. And it's recording the podcast. Maybe. All right, man. Well, where can our listeners follow us? Uh, you can follow us at Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, uh, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions, whatever you want to do at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. YouTube. Go find us on YouTube. We're there. Uh, we're posting a lot of the things you can find in other places, but it helps us. If you want us to be able to get people like the original voice actor of Finn from Adventure Time on the podcast, we got to grow this podcast. We got to prove that we have what it takes and you can help yeah. us by subscribing. Doing anything. And yeah, reviewing us. I found out this week that you can literally review us on Spotify. Oh, I didn't know that either. You can, you can rate us on Spotify. So just at, at our profile, just go on to, you know, any Spotify account and rate us. Yeah, I'm one a five star. Give us a five star. Give us that five um, star, right? <laughs> I'm a five star. If you like Dan Harmon's podcast, Harmontown, you know what I'm talking about uh, when I say that. But um, yeah, that and then, of course, Apple Podcasts, that helps so much with the SEO if you rate and review us there. Uh, we love you guys. Um, we have, I know we have an email on the NEA Traveler's Log. We'll get to that next week. Unfortunately, we're running out of time and I know we got to get moving today. Um, But we'll get back to it. We'll get to it. We will Um, get to you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Love y'all. And heck yeah. Great, great week. Can't wait for next week. Next Tuesday. See you guys. See you guys. Party forever. Party forever.